when you're being marketed to, they're trying to solve a problem for mm-hmm. you, right? Well, it's weird that I keep getting so many ads about dog turtlenecks. Hmm. Not really solving any problems. Yeah. For yourself? For, well, not maybe Murphy and I, <laughs> when I did see that, I thought, well, maybe Murphy and I can match. Daphne's looking over here. Because you become your dog. <laughs> My dog, Daphne, is looking over and she's not pleased. She will not be no wearing a turtleneck. No dog wants to be in a turtleneck. <laughs> no dog wants to be in any type Especially of clothing. Especially a large one. Welcome to the Mad Women Podcast. We're your hosts, Samantha and Hannah. We run a digital marketing agency called Roots and Ardor on the West Coast, and we help brands tell their stories internationally. We are mad women because we're mad for life, we're mad about what we do, and we enjoy a good scotch on the rocks while we do it. We are the modern day mad women, and we talk about what's real and what's relevant in the wild world of female entrepreneurship and marketing. In this episode, we're talking about social media trends, how the digital landscape is changing, and how it's no longer cool to be liked in 2020. Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday, yes it is. We are getting ready to head out to the Super Bowl party, and what better pre-drink than a good old episode of Mad Men Podcast? The clock never stops for the <laughs> entrepreneur. Hannah, do you know who's playing in the Super Bowl this year? I do, Samantha. It's a it's a mm-hmm. fresh roster. The Patriots mm. are not in for the first time in like four years. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a Kansas big deal. City, so San Francisco. Who, so who is it then? <laughs> yeah. I'll be giving Sam updates, um, play by play on the actual teams that You're are not, playing. I'm rooting for Kansas City. You are. There's a great song called Kansas City. There it's is. The There's also why. a great song called San Francisco. Are you going <laughs> to San Francisco? So that Okay, wow. That was beautiful. I'm gonna I think we should stop on the singing um, so we can get into you know the bulk of what we're hoping to talk about. Samantha, Uh, what are we talking about today and why? um, Today we are getting a little bit more technical because at the end of the day, we are a digital marketing agency and we do have a set of skills. We do that we like to share with the world and with our clients. Besides our incredible podcasting skills, you know? Besides our gift for gab, (laughs) we do uh, you know, operate a business nine to five, Monday through Sunday. Hence why we're recording this on (laughs) a Sunday. Sunday. It's busy. And uh, you know, so much has changed change over the past five years since we started started this business um, in terms of Instagram and Facebook and algorithms um, and metrics, metrics and analytics. And, you know, our clients come to us obviously seeking value and seeking uh, content strategy. Um, but it's really important to have a certain set of digital literacy to even understand what it is that we do and what kind of services we offer and how that's valuable to brands. Yeah. And I think that this industry is constantly keeping us on our toes as business owners and just as, you know, experts in the digital marketing space. So I think that it's just important to talk about these ever evolving sort of trends that are coming down the line. And something that we've seen as a business and a brand in this industry over the last several years is that it is going to come down to the numbers. We understand that. You're gonna want those statistics and those metrics in order to understand your consumer better, understand what's resonating with them, know what they're engaging with and what is delivering. But I do think that it can be a slippery slope of getting lost in those numbers and moving too far away from that brand script and that authentic story because that is what keeps you rooted in your why and why you're doing what you're doing. And I do think that these platforms are now starting to evolve and shift and react to that and move away from some of these archaic metrics 
such as likes. You know, I think you bring up a good point about just the evolution of social media platforms because, mm-hmm. of course, some of us who are old enough were there at the dawn of Instagram. Oh, yes. When dinosaurs roamed the platform. Remember those filters? Yeah. There was like a camera, like an old Polaroid camera one. I think I used that one every single time on all of my selfies. The two black stripes. Oh, yeah. That one was fun. Yeah. It's dark. (laughs) And I still have a few of those posts up. Yeah. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. See, I did a I did a cull. I did a cull on all of my old posts, and I got rid of them. But first tip to clients: do a cull. Do a cull. Curate your feed. Curate. Curate. Archive. Um, Archive but, is key. But no, it is important to remember that it started as a very simple, like peer to peer platform in which you shared things, you know, with a crappy filter. You shared moments. You shared moments. Yeah. And it wasn't about necessarily that direct sale marketing. That it has turned into such a huge beast. We used to, I remember sending articles to clients five years ago, published on LinkedIn, you know, connected to Forbes saying, you have to be on Instagram to be relevant. And I would send these articles just to try and educate the client on why Instagram was becoming a big thing. And now we've finally gotten to the point where it's just unquestionable. Everyone on Instagram. Most people are aware. I would say, yeah, closer to 90% of people understand the relevance of it now. They understand the relevance, but they don't understand the difference between um, direct marketing and brand awareness. Yeah, and beyond just brand awareness, that brand marketing, right? Because the brand marketing vein of it involves so much with the story, with the brand script, with those storytelling pillars, and it's very different from direct marketing. And I think that, you know, at this point, I'd like to sort of differentiate whether it's a client who's listening in and they have a business, whether it's B2B or B2C, or it's a, um, a company who does the kind of marketing that we do, or maybe Google Ads. Um, it's been really important to us to understand the difference between um, direct marketing and brand marketing because we are a brand marketing company, which means that we're building, it's like a ladder. Mm-hmm. We're building the rounds of social awareness that would maybe hopefully end in a sale if, if the client has a B2C business, but not necessarily. Like you said, it's so much more about telling the story and gaining the customer's trust by through this content on these platforms so that you can build the trust so that a sale can actually be complete. Exactly, and it's so important to have that dialogue between the difference of the two and that you need both to be successful, but sometimes I think that people forget that you need those rungs of that ladder in the brand marketing vein in order to lead to the direct sale and the direct marketing. Yeah, you can't put the cart before the horse. Exactly. And say, I want to launch uh, Instagram and immediately start making sales. Mm -hmm. Um, It's much more of a storied, of a storied process. Yeah. And I think that statistics are always going to be important, but I think we believe as a business that authentic story should be more of a priority. And then the analytics will follow if you, if you have something in place that is going to get you there, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's sometimes what I think we we're trying to educate. And, you know, you talked about digital literacy and just using these, these important sort of foundational pieces that are going to help you reach your goals. At the end of the day, we understand that it does come down to ROI. It does come down to, you know, how... ROI is, for those who don't know... Oh, it's a very techie term here. Return <laughs> on investment. Yes. Big ding, one. Ding, ding, That's a big one. I get that. But it appears in different ways. It it's does. It's not necessarily like, what's your click-through rate? Um, and especially because so many businesses don't have... Well, 
so many do, but so many don't have an e-commerce site set up. If you're a traditional retail store um, or you're yourself marketing services, you're a realtor, um, it's way harder to determine the metrics and the investment you're putting into social media. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you understand that it's a process where like someone follows you on social media, that leads to engagement. Yeah. That might lead to an investigation into your website where they'll learn more about you and your services. That might lead to them to have a call to action, joining an email newsletter. And that might lead to the first purchase. Yeah. But that's seven steps and you can't get too far ahead of yourself. Yeah. It's a slow roll. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes we even see that someone needs to see a brand like 20 times mm-hmm. before they're actually going to even click on it. Because they're so over inundated with content. With content. I mean, it, as as consumers, we see this every day. It's not like we're living in the Stone Ages and are not on Instagram. I'm targeted every single day mm-hmm. with products that <clears throat> excuse will me. make us look younger feel better. Yes, exactly. When you're being marketed to, they're trying to solve a problem for mm-hmm. you, right? Well, it's weird that I keep getting so many ads about dog turtlenecks. Hmm. Not really solving any problems. Yeah. For yourself? For, well, well not maybe Murphy and I, <laughs> when I did see that, I thought, well, maybe Murphy and I can match. Daphne's looking over because here. Because you become your dog. <laughs> My dog, Daphne, is looking over and she's not pleased. She will not be no wearing a turtleneck. No dog wants to be in a turtleneck. <laughs> no dog wants to be in any type Especially of clothing. Especially a large one. But the little ones don't look happy about it either. I don't think any dog really wants to be in clothing. No. I think that at the end of the day, that is totally the fulfillment of the of the owner. Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna vote against. Yeah. Only if you get Murphy a pair of glasses and a blazer so that she's doing the wrong burgundy. She could be the third mad woman. Okay, sorry, we're getting off. That. <laughs> Always. <laughs> but no, one thing that I just really did want to say it was a note that I had made for myself is that. I do believe it's just such a missed opportunity if you are not on these platforms, if you're not utilizing the the scale of a community that is right at your fingertips to be able to tell your story and control your narrative and kind of not let people forget about you and, and almost immerse yourself in people's lives. And it also allows you to be clear and consistent and concise with your brand script. And honestly, that's something that we get so excited about as a business to be able to like go into these strategy meetings with clients and figure out what those stories are that they want to tell, figure out what their goals are and what they want to accomplish, and then execute that on these platforms in which they have such access to their consumers and their customers. And yes, of course, there's going to be negative impacts and negative aspects of social media, but we are also so lucky to have this global village. And there are some beautiful things that come from the access that we have with, you know, issues being brought to the forefront that wouldn't normally be brought up, beautiful stories being shared, the beauty of the world being shared. And as a brand and business, you can use the beauty and the wonderful side of these social platforms in order to share your authentic story. So, and make connections, right? I mean, there's so many layers to that and connection is a really good word because uh, it's kind of like completing the feedback loop it flushing out your digital presence yeah so you could have a great product you could have a great brand story you could have all of the puzzle pieces but if that one puzzle piece is missing which is projecting that story to a larger audience to your targeted demographic you're not looking at your business holistically anymore yeah. it's a holistic strategy you want the same cohesiveness in, in terms of level of quality as the product or the service that you've worked so hard to fine tune and curate. Yeah. Why would you, again, miss that opportunity on digital media? Yeah. Um, because this is just how people make their introductions now. They Google your company and they go straight to your Instagram. 100%. It's another, it's like another website now too. I mean, even just when we're hanging out or, you know, we're making plans 
for a restaurant or, you know, when we're going traveling and we're looking at reservations to make, Mm -hmm. what's one of the first things that we look at? Their Instagram. And we actually judge these businesses based off of their Instagram. And it's just the world that we live in now, right? I mean, you want, you want to have, you can have an emotional connection to some business brand, restaurant, place of business before you even get to the city that it's located. That's the goal. That's the goal, right? And so if you create and you evoke that emotion and you get that sort of connection with them at the beginning, those those digital connections, I think that there's just an opportunity there all the time. And here's and the place day. here's the place of the digital marketing agency is that the truth is it's really hard to tell your own story. It is. It's really hard to communicate why your product is different or why your origin story is interesting because you're living it and you're breathing it day to day, mm-hmm. which is the great value out of actually having a company to come in. And even I can't tell you how many times I know you've experienced this, that we've been in a digital strategy session with a client where new things are emerging and they haven't thought of their value proposition in a while. They haven't thought about their why in a long time. Or why, or or yeah, the questions that we ask, they sort of look inward and say, wow, oh my gosh, I don't even know that anymore because they've been in business for 15 years and it's just sort of, they're in the everyday grind of it. They're in QuickBooks. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to pay their damn bills, right? And that's something that's really fun for us to be able to come in as sort of an anchor to bring them back down and root them in the why and the purpose behind their business and the stories that they want to tell. So it's such a massive part of what we do. The initial outset with a client is that strategy session to go and sort of run a fine tooth comb through them, ask them these tough questions, and then create content that expresses those storytelling pillars because that's the piece of brand marketing that's going to help them find success in the long run. Right. It's so often that a client will come to us and say, I'm just sort of throwing things up on Instagram because I feel pressure to do so. And there's no sense of purposeful posting or Mm -hmm. thoughts going in behind the post. Yeah. And inevitably, the strongest digital marketing strategy is one that combines brand marketing, which is what we do, spreading awareness, telling the stories of brands, with direct marketing. Mm -hmm. At the point where you have an e-commerce site, you can pair it with Google Ads. You can pair it with really integrative Facebook Facebook and Instagram advertising. And you get those metrics. You Mm -hmm. get to see how much your investment from the back-end pinpoint of these platforms is getting you in sales. Even what you're clients are interested in? What yeah. kind of content are they engaging with? Sometimes yeah. it's sort of shocking. Yeah, for sure. And then being reactive to that too, yes. right? Because I mean, there's so many things that go into those initial phases with with the brand marketing strategy as well, right? You have to figure out, you know, what platforms are most vital for your business, right? Because some platforms are going to be more suited to your industry than others, right? So pinpointing those sorts of things. And then you get into, you know, what kind of format your content is going to be expressed in, you know, like, are your videos more short form? Are they long form? Are your captions long form? Are they short form? You know, what kind of things are your target audience going to resonate with? And then how is that going to lead them to continually be in your community? And then eventually, hopefully, you know, lead to a sale or whatever that sort of return on investment is for you. That's the final connection. Yes, exactly. It's not the initial connection. No. And um, yeah, I think that that, you put it perfectly. And especially knowing... That is a huge compliment coming from Samantha (laughs) Ellis. My life is complete. I'm going to have a glass of wine. I'm going to leave. And we're done. Um, but yeah, another client or another question that we get a lot from clients is which platform should I be on? Yeah. And of course the platforms are going through their own evolution. So 
inevitably we always say Instagram first and foremost. It's so visual. It's so engaging. It's, it's a the pain fastest in our growing. ass. It's a pain in our ass, but it's the fastest growing. So maybe this is a good segue into well, I was going to just mention how you know, there's been a bit of a resurgence lately in the relevance of LinkedIn as that platform continues to sort of keep pace with its um, with its sort of more hipster cousins like Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, LinkedIn has become a much more engaging platform, especially, or, I mean, kind of across all industries at this point. We work with personal brands, we work in real estate, um, and they all really cater well to that sort of layer of connection. So I think that it's definitely something we'll be integrating more into our digital strategies moving forward. For sure. I think from a professional standpoint, it's it's a great tool to connect people on a professional level. I think a really technologically savvy way to explain this is the Dolly Parton challenge. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think all you need to know is the Dolly, Dolly Parton challenge. If Just look it up. you know else about social media. Just look it up. There's content for Instagram, content for LinkedIn, content for Twitter, and content for Tinder. I mean, obviously, right. Tinder is a whole other realm of social media, and I hope that you're not on it because, you know, that's a whole other world to be in. I'm personally on other Are dating you? platforms. <laughs> Just a little tidbit there. Best. Which is the best? Hinge. Hinge, Hinge is the That's hot what all one the kids right now, are saying. Guys. It is. Okay. So we're getting off topic once again. What's new? But I mean, dating apps are very similar. In if you're talking about new apps and ever evolving sort of changes in these industries, I mean, there's always a, a hot new app, and they're always right. trying to stay relevant. And that's what you see on the on the social platforms as well, out of the dating scene, because. I mean, Instagram, every day there's something new. I swear every minute there's something new, right? There's a new filter. There's a new kind of trend. There's a new meme sort of, you know, going around that everyone's starting to and do. And there's also ones that, that die that as die. well. Yeah. Sometimes Instagram launches things that completely change the game. Even kind of like IGTV, great place to store long Long-form content. Yeah, long But did it videos. blow up in the way that Instagram planned for it to? I mean, they were just trying to follow suit from Snapchat because mm-hmm. Snapchat has really bought into that whole news flow uh, mm-hmm. platform, right? I mean, you can go onto Snapchat and you can just kind of get your hot topic news right there. And if there. you're a 14-year-old, it's like the hottest app. It's Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. a dating app all in itself, yeah, I think, for a younger, a younger generation. But I do think that, you know, the whole kind of premise of this of this episode was to talk about how it's not really cool to be liked anymore. The likes have died. Because the likes have died. The and likes I think have been put out. We're still trying to educate the people that we work with away from the likes because the platforms are starting to, to disconnect from likes as well. There's and been I a think shift in the relevance. There's been a complete shift in it. There's right? really many reasons, I think, for this. One is that the static posts on your feed, um, you know, we think of those as like an art gallery. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that are going to be out forever. They tell the story. They weave a photo, picture, you know, an aesthetic. And uh, then there's the Instagram story content, which once it was introduced, completely changed the game in digital media. And because it's so rapid and it's in response to people's attention spans, people are scrolling through their feeds less. Yeah. So we're liking less. It's more instant content rather than, you know, them just sort of scrolling through that. There's still a place for that static content, but it certainly isn't as prominent as it once was. The secondary uh, sort of vein of this was the fact that Instagram and Facebook claims that they're sort of staying up the times. 
in terms of mental health and awareness and the values that we just attach to being liked in general mm-hmm. and gauging how many likes pop- got in a post. The popularity contest. The They're popularity trying to contest. move away from that, mm-hmm. which I think is amazing. I do think that there is also a very strategic business move that they're Oh no, that's away. what I mean. Yeah. So I mean like at the end of the day for Whatever sure makes some money. Yeah, the mental health piece of it is a is a really nice kind of offset sort of um symptom that is coming from them removing that. But I do think that more so for them it's it's so that they can they can utilize the monetary side a bit more so because so a lot we're of paying to have our clients' content bumped up on the feed. Exactly. Because they were seeing that all these influencers were paying per like, you know, mm-hmm. or getting paid per like for those metrics and now so it's not about those optics so much it's about really the the back-end metrics of how many people are seeing it so for us I mean that's something that we are starting to shift more so to as far as you know our advertising efforts and our content sort of analytics is more so the impressions and the reach and you know who is engaging with what kind of content what's delivering well from from the impression standpoint so we just want to move towards you know let's just create and put out content that's authentic to your story authentic to your brand script and is going to be true to you i think sometimes these metrics such as likes just gets everyone focused on that. It's like a psychological play and then it just becomes more about the or like. It's not a sale. No, it's not. And, and and they would more so have the likes than it be truly authentic to their brand. And I think that we should reverse that. Is don't sell yourself short just to get the like. Just stay authentic to your story and 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 build up that reputation and that trust with your with your and consumer, and then it will lead to a direct sale. This reminds me of when I started uh, being in musicals, theater child, and my mother said, it's it's okay not to be liked. On that note, I'm going to pour myself a massive glass okay. of wine. Okay I didn't know be, Sam was in musicals. It's okay to be a loser, Sam. And I that's always stuck with me as a really beautiful moment. Well, yeah, I mean, you're not really liked, so I think that it... No, I know, and it sort of fueled me throughout life. Yeah, so you you were a trendsetter. Oh, totally. You never wanted to be like. I think liked. the first one was Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors. It's it's fifties. We're singing again, 50s and song. I I really don't know how to kind of turn this away the from the old musical is, conversation. The funny thing is, Hannah has a very good voice. I she, do. She won't maybe grace us with it. Keep smiling, keep shining. Knowing you can always... <laughs> that's, uh, that's a bridesmaid reference, if, oh, anyone, uh, yes. if anyone caught that one. <laughs> yes. In the same caught way it, that... Caught it, threw it away. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, to bring this back down to our topic that we were really excited to get across today in the vein of it's not cool to be liked on social media anymore just because the metric of likes as a whole is shifting. These platforms are moving away from it. It's sort of an argument archaic statistics to begin with and they're moving away from that popularity contest and we're seeing more authentic content coming out and it's more about that brand script and just being true to who you are as a brand or a business rather than just vying for likes in the same way and in tandem we believe that it is a veil that we can all put on our day-to-day life and sort of rebel against this idea that we have to be liked through all of the things that we're doing on a day-to-day basis. 
At the end of the day, you might not be somebody's cup of tea and that's okay. If you're true to yourself and you're speaking your truth and you're just being who you are as an authentic person, it shouldn't matter if you're liked. It should matter if you're happy. Absolutely, and I think that's part of you know our sort of rebrand and Mad Women definitely is a bit subversive. You know, we're wearing suits, we're smoking cigars, we're doing our own thing. It's not everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. You don't have to it be gets like you talking. Yeah, it definitely does. And I think that, you know, we want to continue to provide value uh, for our clients and do the job well, but we're not going to be so worried about whether we come across maybe a little bit too assertive or stern and maybe a little bit direct as well. You know, what's really interesting on, in that light. So I was in a writing workshop and it came up a couple times about women being afraid to be assertive. Mm -hmm. The word assertive came up a lot. And I couldn't help but think about you and I and the fact that we are quite assertive mm -hmm. and sometimes that puts people off or makes them uncomfortable. Um, but it's not a negative thing to be assertive or to be direct. Definitely not. But unfortunately is painted as a masculine trait that mm -hmm. men can embody and use and wield you know, at their will. But and when they're a woman becomes at, assertive, yeah, they looked at differently. It makes people are. uncomfortable. That script is changing. Yeah, that script is completely changing. But it's 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 still prevalent, like across generations. Well, it's even the Bumble campaign that they did last year around the Super Bowl, um, around Serena Williams, and just how the media describe women in sports as a whole and they use these negative terms to describe them whereas when a man does it they're describing them as passionate and just you know excited whereas women get described as emotional and crazy and aggressive and abrasive and it's it just goes to show you for how long we've been dealing with this sort of negativity around describing women as a whole. And we need to change that across the boards, not just from male to female, but female to female as well, because that happens as well. Yeah, you know, I had a really interesting conversation with a, um, a life coach the other day, and she kind of was talking about, you know, how we're choosing to move through the world and how women being assertive or however we want to phrase it or put it in a neat, neat little picture frame makes people uncomfortable because society is too stupid to catch up with the change that's happening. And we are the first generation of women who have really had the opportunities that we have uh, in, in both business really and in life. Our mothers fought really hard for this, but they laid the foundation for a more open world, which of course is being threatened all the time. All the time. But we're doing the work for the next generation as well. Um, and we just have to be okay with being a bit subversive. You know, it's so funny. We started this conversation talking about social media, digital literacy, and just how we're shifting our perspective towards these platforms and these metrics and some of these metrics that we're moving away because we're reacting to what the platforms are doing. And I think it's really amazing that the platforms are moving away from this popularity contest. But it's, it's awesome to see this sort of bridging idea that we can take into our everyday life. Yeah, not caring about being liked and uh, not playing small, but playing big, yeah. even with your social strategy. Yeah. You know, just understanding that um, it needs to be a bit more layered. It needs to be more dynamic now. Um, there's more elements to, to being successful mm -hmm. on these platforms just like there are in life. Yeah. Um, and so we need to really be thoughtful about how we approach our forward-facing identity.
Yeah, original. for sure. Yeah, so just to round this out, I think the point that we were super stoked to talk about today was just the shift in metrics, how we're reacting as a business, how we're reacting even as consumers and how we're moving away from this popularity contest and saying, oh, this post got this many likes. It's more about the, the broader story, the broader reach. What kind of impressions are you getting? What kind of engagement are you getting? How are people reacting to that? And is the content that you're putting out authentic to your brand script and your brand story and not so much about these metrics that are kind of dying out as a whole from the platform side. And, you know, we truly believe that it's quality over quantity. It's not about, you know, just buying followers and 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 looking like you have, you know, a million followers if they're if they're bots or if they're not real people that are truly engaged with what you're doing or what you're selling or what you're offering. You know, it's about getting those authentic connections with people that really know and trust and have an emotional connection to what you're doing as a whole, we believe that's way more important than, you know, likes or, you know, some of these archaic metrics that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. Emotion is not something that can just be like neatly tucked away into our personal lives mm -hmm. and then allocated conveniently in business when it serves us. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an everyday part of our lives. And I think it definitely has to be integrated and celebrated in, in how we communicate to our audience. You can't ignore it. No. At the end of the day. Speaking of emotions, it's about to go down at the Super Bowl. Oh, baby. We how got are we feeling about halftime? T minus 30 minutes till kickoff. There's a power duo performing at halftime. There is. Talk Shakira, about Shakira. I think that we've uh, we've covered a lot here. I think that that was kind of our goal was to sort of bridge the two topics of not being liked on social media platforms as far as the metrics changing and then bridging that to just an approach to life. I hope we got that across. Yeah, I hope we did. But if we didn't, please leave a comment. <laughs> Send us an email. We had a lot of good feedback from Message our last us. one. We're welcoming yeah. We're welcoming constructive feedback. We did yeah. say that our audio was going to get better in the next episode. Obviously didn't happen. Time didn't permit us to get into a studio, but hopefully the next episode will uh, we'll clean this thing up. All right. Alrighty. Alrighty then. Alright, alright, alright. Well, all right. cheers. Cheers. That cheers is to every mad woman out there. And every mad man.